Oh, hello, Internet. This is Troy Baker, and I'm here with your lovely, very, very British host, Victoria Atkin. And this is the Performance Capture Podcast. So essentially, motion capture performers, like all the other performers, are here to tell stories. <laughs> and then they're like, you mean there, there are actors in video games? I thought it was animation. I kind of created my position. Like, nobody said, oh, you know, here, you go to school to become a performance capture producer. I pretty much created my own career. Jump in both feet, because this is the future of entertainment. This is where it's going to be. You know, the dots can tell if you're lying. Hi, everyone. My name is Victoria Atkin, and you're listening to the Performance Capture Podcast Season 4. And today I am very, very, very excited to have a dear friend of mine and colleague who I haven't actually stepped on the performance capture stage, but we've worked together quite a lot now. I'm going to get you to introduce yourself, sir, and say your full name and where you grew up. My name is Michalis Nikolos Eos Kozombolidis Antonakos, or for short, Michael Antonakos. Uh, I grew, I was born in Athens, Greece, and I grew up in, I mean, a lot of places, but majority in the Rocky Mountains, uh, Lake Louise, Alberta area. Um, but apart from that, a lot of other places. Tell us some other places, because Elizabeth um, has listed about five or six places she grew up. I think that's becoming the norm, though, now. it's uh, you, you, Your kids grow up different places than the same town their whole lives. So I think it's quite exciting. It is. Uh, well, I started in, in Edmonton uh, till I was in about seven years old, I think. And then I moved to Lake Louise, started going to school in Banff, Alberta, uh, and then moved to Golden, B.C., which is only about an hour away from Lake Louise. And my parents would travel back and forth for work to Lake Louise and lived in Golden for quite a few years until the grade 11. I think I went to Victoria, BC, Vancouver Island, and was there for three years and then moved to Vancouver, BC. Uh, after that, where I spent the majority of my life since uh, in my 20s. And before I forget, your official title or what you consider your profession or what you call yourself. I mean, I, yeah, I guess the title we go by is actor, but uh guy who likes to just jump into other people. <laughs> I like pretending to be other people. Yeah. <laughs> Parkour. Parkour, I just jump into you. Okay, great, great. And that leads me on to my next question, which is really fun. As much as you love jumping into other people, how would you best describe performance capture? I mean, to me, it's really just acting, but then adding, say, more physical element like a puppetry of the body uh, and vocal and physical manipulation. So it's it's acting, but on steroids. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Acting on steroids. That's a new one. Um, and how did you discover performance capture? What was your first job and first time you put the suit on? First time you realized, what is this? I was uh, fresh out of theater school, moved to Vancouver um, in, I think I was 20, 21. And uh, I, it was my first audition for for any sort of video game. It was one of my very first professional auditions um, at all at that time. And it was for Lord of the Rings, the third age. And that was at Vancouver Film Studios before even EA had its own studio. And it was a cattle call. So it was like hundreds of people showed up for this audition, just just like stuntmen, all different types of people, everyone. And they were just casting for the whole game. So 
one of the roles they needed was a dwarf. I just ran around the room pretending to be a dwarf, really. Uh, physically just changed myself to what a dwarf I thought would move and act and walk like. And and I'd just come from a lot of theater. So um, just understanding a bit more of the physical element, I guess, helped. And when I was asked, why did I get the job? Um, they said, you're the only guy who could convincingly be a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> everyone who showed up <laughs> when I first auditioned. And that was my introduction. Really, I didn't know anything. Uh, sorry, it's hot where I am. The, uh, I didn't know anything. And they put us on a two-week training course of Lord of the Rings, Wow! actually, which was really neat. So we did like weapons training. We did a whole bunch of stuff and physical training. So I had a great opportunity to get into the physical element of the, of the, the character in the body. Um, and then I kind of was flying blind. I didn't know anything. Uh, I just was guessing. Tell a story with your body mm -hmm. was kind of what I understood it to be um, right away. So it was just, can you tell a story but use your body? And so I was, that was my first experience. And I was learning as I went. And then I started getting better and understanding it more. And then when I started to feel more comfortable in, in that world, then I started branching out into more physical characters and more uh, vocal uh, performances. And then I started to get known for being a physical and vocal sort of manipulator. Um, yeah, but that was my introduction was Lord of the Rings, the third age. And I did that job for a few months and it was great. It was an awesome, awesome game to be a part of and start. Can you talk a little bit about some of the other projects that you've been involved with? And I'm not quite sure if you can talk about the project that you're working on right now, but if you can, I'd love to, I'd love everybody to know about that because it's very exciting. Yeah, sure. I mean, Lord of the Rings, I used to do a lot of, I don't know, you know, Max Steel. Uh, it's a cartoon. Uh, and I used to do the robot. So I would do the motion capture for the robot on that. And another actor, a friend of mine, um, Ian Roslow, would do Max Steel. So we did a lot of that together for many years. And then I would do, um, I don't know, De Dead Rising 4, um, which I play the villain called Calder in it. And he's a crazy zombie character. Um, Mass Effect, um, Dragon Age, uh, True Crime. I think that's what it true. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of the actual game. They probably had a different name at the time when you were recording it. Yeah, I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> like <it's... laughs> NDA names, I can tell you them all. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and then recently uh, playing Alexios on Assassin's Creed and now playing uh, Batman Bruce Wayne for Warner Brothers Montreal for Gotham Knights, um, which is the game I think you were. It's absolutely fantastic. So good. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you were able to talk about that. And of course, that's how we met each other through the Assassin's Creed franchise, which you did an amazing job on that as well. What's your favorite thing about performance capture? What do you love about it? I love so many things about it. Uh, I love the black box theater element, like where you're on a blank stage and it's all in your imagination. Everything. It's really just an imagination land and you get a chance to play within it. And there's for me, it's not as much... Although there's time, there's all these things you have to deal with. It, it feels less stressful um, because it's just you. There's no lighting I have to worry about. There's no set deck or props or anything I have to consider outside of you and the other actors um, and my physical performance. So it feels like there's a little bit more control in some capacity and a lot more freedom. 
um, to explore. And I don't have to worry about me, the face. I, I think more about, you know, the practical elements of acting, of physicalizing and uh, facial movements and all the things I need to do um, rather than worrying about, you know, me, Michael, as much. So I really, I feel like I can explore further than I get a chance to say on camera. I can take more risks. Um, something that I think is not unique to you, but unique to this conversation on the podcast is that you've done a lot of Shakespeare with the Rocky Mountain Shakespeare Company. Yeah, I've yes. read. How would you, I mean, there's a lot of actors that listen to this show. How would you say that that stuff kind of transitions into performance capture? How can you, how can you use those skills? If somebody listening has only done theater and particularly done a lot of Shakespeare, how can they use those skills in performance capture? I think theater in general is going to help in performance capture, whether it's Shakespeare or not. I just think the the classical element is is a valuable tool in any acting you're going to be doing because it just teaches you a strong foundation of story, of scene structure, of uh, grammar and how to use it properly. Uh, when you're reading a script and reading your character's dialogue and how the writer is wanting to portray it, well, Shakespeare did an amazing job. So if you can translate Shakespeare's um, punctuation and the grammatical ways he wants you to say things and the ways scenes are supposed to rise and fall at certain points just by the way he's written them, it's going to help you as an actor, period. Uh, the other element is that when you're doing Shakespeare, sometimes it can be very natural or it can be larger than life, depending on how it's being directed. And I think the element of being on stage, of performing, whether it's on a proscenium, whether it's a thrust or a round, you're learning to perform for different mediums and you're learning to perform for different audiences and understanding how the blocking works and how to play for different uh, people, uh, depending on where you're you're placed. It's not any different than a camera. It's just learning how to um, understand where the camera is, how it's placed, just like your audience would be. So I think the stage itself is what's really valuable. And Shakespeare is just the understanding of language and how to read it and translate it in a way that the audience is going to be most affected uh, and get the most out of it, as well as you. So you better understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Um, so I think Shakespeare is a really valuable tool. It really is a, I don't know. I still, like a joke to me is I still do monologues from grade 10 <laughs> <laughs> because I'm always growing. I'm always, I'm evolving as a human being. Yeah. And because of that, when I come back to certain monologues, I have grown and now I see them differently with a different lens. And because there's so much depth and so much understanding in, in what he was writing at the time, uh, I think it helps you evolve uh, in, on another level I'm talking about now, but uh, just on another level, you're evolving with your work and you can really see a difference because the way you think and feel is different. Your substitutions change as you get along the road, right? <laughs> Especially after kids, your perspective changes as well. You've you got a lot more stuff to use. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about, like, we love, like, fun stories and different things, a, a particular experience. I mean, you've had so much experience on the mocap stage, and this is another reason why I love when you coach for the classes that I host. Um, you... Can you tell us any like fun things that have happened on this, the performance capture stage? Or it doesn't have to be fun. It could be just some, a big learning curve for you or, I don't know, something that you think was memorable. I mean, I had a lot of fun on Mass Effect Andromeda because I played, like, six people maybe more, um, on that game. And I remember 
in some days I'd have to be like four or five of them within one day of shooting. And I think everyone else was mainly one character. So I was the guy who was the character guy who was floating between all the other characters. So I'd be going from like really intense, gruff, like a character like Drac and, um, you know, like his gruff voice and the whole thing. And he, uh, and he's got this face that just like is big and forward. And so he's this gruff old dude. And then going right from him, okay, next scene, then you have to jump over to Ryder Senior and then just be like this commanding human. And then jump next scene and now I have to be Jal, this, um, I can't remember his background is, was uh, of alien, but he's this beautiful uh, alien guy. Then to the guy on the ship, and I think he's Solarian, Solarian, and he's this funny, like, oh, my God, and he's doing the computer stuff at the thing. And so I just remember my brain was getting, like, I was having such a fun time, but I was also, like, brain fried, <laughs> going from one person to the next and then coming back. And, you know, you have to memorize all these scenes and characters and blocking and monologues and stuff for them. And, and I was just, I remember halfway through the day, like, okay, next scene, and I'm doing this Ryder Senior scene, um, giant monologue, giving this commanding speech. and. The director was just like, all right, we got like five minutes. I was like, come on. Like, what do you think of it? <laughs> Give me a break. Um, but that was a really fun experience. And one of the highlights of what motion capture can do, uh, which is just anything. I didn't have to go put prosthetics on. I didn't have to go do anything to get into any of these characters. I don't have a, I don't have a suit I put on that's like um, to help me feel or the props. or I just, you just jump. You just jump. <laughs> you've done a lot of TV, you know. You've done a lot of TV and film alongside that as well. So, you know, your knowledge of this and, you know, how do you feel about that now with, with TV and film? Is is it something very, very different? You know, have you got into the rhythm of performance capture, not having all these things? And how does that, you know, when you, you've just done Sabrina and many other awesome TV shows that are on Netflix and other places, um, you know, how do you find that now transitioning back and forth? I mean, sometimes it's the hardest part is is going from the performance element to then the subtle element again. And you're going from like, no, I, I actually have to move and do things and show people my blocking and show, you know, almost indicating my work to like not doing anything. Um, that part can be a challenge sometimes, that transition of because it just takes a little bit of maneuvering. But overall, to me, it's the same. Uh, it's just I enjoy the mocap because I feel like you're getting more time to play in a day than you would on a set there's a lot of time waiting. And that's the part that's hard for me when I'm on set is just the waiting. Sorry, next thing and scene. Okay, now like oh, lighting and then you're like, okay, I'll see you. I'll go back to my trailer and then hanging out and then you're waiting. It's, it's you like, get to play way more, don't way you? More. Skeptic stage. Way you, more. You get that, 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 that moment is, is longer, is extended for the, all the work and the auditions that we do. And then when you get that moment, it's completely extended when you're there all day, you know, and you get to, you get to see mostly, I don't know, with COVID it's changed a little bit, but um, you mostly get to see what's going on in the volume as well, even if you're not in the volume. Whereas before, you know, if you're not in the scene on the TV show, you're not going to be on set. Yeah, everything feels very separate and everyone's separated and it's, you know, people in and out, new characters in and out people. Like, it's fun. I love them all. They're all unique in their own way. I just love mocap because it's like I go to work and I'm having fun for eight hours and I'm a day. And they're working nine to five hours. So you I'm not there for 18 hours, you know, he's like, oh, God, <laughs> I remember one time I was on a, was a prison break and I waited 18 hours and for me to come out and do my line at what? 1 a.m. in the middle of the night. And I was just like, I'm so 
And you say line, line right? as yeah, well. You want like, <laughs> to do your line for the day. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and you get like, you get one take. Yeah, it's done. Okay, everyone, good night. And you're like, okay, thanks. <laughs> did, any, did anyone appreciate yeah. me? <laughs> I'm trying to get all my validation from this. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I know. So you are just full of knowledge. And, and, uh, and I want to talk a little bit about, you know, something that I've noticed as, you know, working alongside you, whether it's the classes or just seeing you at Comic Cons or different things that I've interacted with you. You're a consummate professional. You know, not only are you super talented and personable, but I, you know, it's not something that I've talked about on the podcast before, but I think it's important as actors, you know, uh, particularly in the motion capture realm where, you know, there's a lot of people working together and you are somebody that's a great team player, you know, and you've got such a great personality, but not only that, you show up on time, you always do your research, you always do your homework, you're very prepared. And, and I think that I would love you to talk about a little bit about your process, you know, prior to work, maybe prior to auditions and why you've sustained such a fantastic acting career in this medium. Well, in all mediums, but particularly in this medium. Um, yeah, no problem. And thank you. I appreciate that. It was very kind, kind words. It's a team, regardless of how, how talented you think you are and how good you are at what you do. You can't do any of it with other, without the help of others. And even your scene partners are just as important as you. Uh, so yeah, I'm all about teamwork and, and building up everyone around you because I think the happier everyone is on set, and the more confident everyone is on a job, the easier it's going to be for everybody. And so, especially if you're lead, you're leading and you got to, you got to show up and, and do your best in that position without an ego and without arrogance, but with almost service, um, and guidance of, you know, what that means. So yeah, um, my preparation is different on every job. I just go by how I feel and which and the great part is I, I did do a lot of studying earlier in my career of finding out different methods, um, the method or, uh, you know, whatever it is that if people have studied, whether it's Meisner or Stanis Velasky or Strasberg or whatever it is that you gravitated towards, they're all just tools and they're all just valuable tools to help you get somewhere. And everyone's is different. So Sometimes I like to approach my work inwardly and then bring it out. So I start with imagination and in my mind and picturing. And sometimes I go really big and I start physically and then I bring it down inward. Um, and it doesn't matter to me what they look like as long as it kind of gets you to the same place, which is a reflection of truth for others, uh, the character and uh, the performance. So uh, what's a, good, a couple of good different examples, but um yeah, I'll give two different ones. Uh, one was for Calder, which was uh, I talk about in your classes sometimes. I started very f uh, physical with that character. And because he's this, the audition for it was kind of for a werewolf. Um, and he was eating human flesh. I just decided I'd gotten home after doing um, a musical I was doing In the Heights. And I got the audition at eight or nine at night during the show. And when I arrived home, it was almost midnight. My wife had made a beef bone broth uh and left the bones on the counter they were just steaming she was in bed and i basically saw the bones i saw the script and i was like you know what this is a perfect time to just do what the character is doing so i took the pot i sat down in my living room i read the script and i slowly ate the bone marrow and so on and so forth as gross as that might sound for some people uh that was where i the character sat i'm like cool i'm sitting here i'm eating this and i'm talking 
and I'm working through the scene really slowly in my mind and picturing the room and where they are and what their conversation they're having while I'm doing something very physical that's kind of attaching me to how that character would feel. Um, and the grossness of that for some is the, is the truth for this guy. So, uh, that was a very physical way of getting there. And then I slowly built this physicality to this werewolf person, uh, to his walk and his movements and all the things, but I'd already kind of felt what he's like inside and what he'll eat like and move like and act like. And, um, that was a, that was a combo move. Uh, Alexios Assassin's Creed, I didn't know much about the character when I got the job. I really knew nothing other than Ancient Creek Warrior, so I, was, I, I knew nothing. Um, I didn't even know what job I was on the first day I was shooting. So for me, I just, once I kind of understood a bit more about him, um, I found a soundtrack and I would find his walk and go out at night and kind of feel him out and find who he is in, in a walk while listening to the soundtrack, which was Wish You Were Here by, I want to say Pink Floyd. I want to make sure I'm right. And it just had a journey thing to it that I really gravitated towards. And yeah, I needed to figure, figure out who he was physically. Um, and then I found where he sat in the shoulders, where he sat in the body, where his walk sat, how his swagger moved and who he was and tried to ground into him and the voice that I was creating for him. Um, Batman was stillness. Batman was a lot of stillness. Can I, can I ground into stillness with this guy? Because Batman is more about Zen. Uh, so when I, where his training comes from, he's a lot in the mind. Um, so he, he's a lot about processing and thinking before he opens his mouth. He's a guy who, um, oversees and looks at everything. So for me, his was just, can I ground into a person of, uh, stillness really, um, almost like a Zen warrior and, as end detective. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you, uh, questions come to my mind as you're talking about these characters. Like, do you find that uh, Michael Antonakos lives inside all of these characters and parts of these characters, or do these characters teach you, or a bit of both? Both, both for sure. Have you become more zen being Batman in your actual life? Yes. You know, it's funny. They all they all have taught me things like even even Vlad, when you were talking about Sabrina, when I was auditioning, I he was a seducer in my mind because he's trying to take from others and to do that, he needs to seduce them. So everything I, I sort of took from him in the beginning was the seduction. So it was a, a process of that. And all of these things teach you different aspects of yourself. So you're trying to tell us you became better at seducing people. Well, it's, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to my voice. <laughs> and now you're Batman. Yeah. <laughs> now we know how you got the job. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> got Batman first. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they all have taught me, especially Alexios, though. I think I, think I walked away from, with Alexios with a, a stronger sense of self because he went through such this crazy journey in the storyline that I liked him so much and what he was going through that I actually, you know, formulated through my own process, my own journey, my own mind, as you probably did with Evie, you know, you created half of the story that the writers have written and then you subconsciously create all the in-betweens with the other half of them. Um, and I, I really liked him. And in the end, I was like, I'm going to take this. I'm going to actually implement part of that in my own self. And cause I like that character trait or I like that thing that they're just 
brazen or, you know, confident in who they are, whether in this situation or not. And there was little elements. I was like, yeah, he's unapologetic. Well, I'm actually going to take that part in myself because I'm too apologetic. Um, and remind myself to that it's okay. Like there's little things that you can do that you get from other characters that you get permission to do. And then you go like, huh, that's actually a good quality or <laughs> that's a nice trait or yeah. We are coming to the end, unfortunately, but I would love to know what advice that you have. What advice do you have for people that want to start in this industry or, you know, maybe actors that are are in TV and film and want to transition or want to dip their toe in this? Um, people maybe, you know, in voiceover that are thinking about moving into this. What, what advice do you have? Life, life advice, maybe, <laughs> from your experience in, in your career so far. Well, I mean, for everybody, it's 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 a journey. This this career is a journey and you always have to look at it as like a long-term thing um some people get lucky in a short term overall though i think i'll approach it as i'm going to law school i'm going to be a lawyer it's going to take me 10 years to get to where i want to go before i even start working and it really did uh you know i worked here and there in between all of that and i got lucky in the beginning but it still was a road and a journey before i was like full-time career this is what i'm doing it took another 10 years. Um, so to keep that in mind, that it's not just a, yeah, I'm jumping into this. It's a process and it's an exploration of not only tools that you pick up of the craft, but of yourself. And you're going to continually be exploring yourself uh, within other characters and within other scripts and other things you do. So to get into motion capture, performance capture, I mean, it all depends on what you want out of it. Some people just want to try it and do it. Some people want to make a full career out of it. Uh, if you want to be a character actor within it, more like what I've done, which is like exploring lots of different physicalities, I would definitely say get into more physical things to get your body trained to move in different ways. Uh, dance, um, even martial arts is really helpful. I know, and stunts are really good for people who want to get into motion capture as well because it's a good physical medium. Um, but as far as the acting goes it's the same just a little bit more physicalized so get on a stage i mean really the best advice i have would be get out onto a stage and start performing physically in different ways for other people so you'll see that a stage just makes you act a little differently and and i think the stage is really helpful so uh the acting is always going to be truth and the same thing. It's understanding how to perform for this medium. And uh, that just takes a little bit of practice. Um, but the stage is a helpful place to start. That's fantastic advice. And I am so, so grateful that you are on this show. Um, it's just been a joy to get to know you as a friend and a colleague. And I'm um, just great that we have this documented forever of your performance capture journey up to now. Oh, thanks. So I would love to know how people can keep in contact with you. You have social media. Um, what's your handles? I think my Instagram is either, I always forget my own Instagrams, but it's Mike Antonakos or Michael Antonakos. Uh, and the same on my Twitter. They're all just at Michael Antonakos or, or Mike Antonakos. And you can find me there. Uh, if you want to keep up on my film productions, I've started something called uh, Icaros Films. And so you can find that at, at, at Icaros Films as well uh, on Instagram. And our film is still going through film festivals right now. Our first film called Art and Unexpected Vocation. And I just got nominated in New York City last week for uh, for Best Acting. So that was kind of cool. 
Congrats. Yeah, and I'll probably, once it's out of festivals, so if you're on there, I might do a, a free presentation for people to come watch it. So I'll send a link. So if you follow me there, you can get a, in the next coming months, amazing a free viewership. Great. Yeah. Well, good luck with all your projects. It's amazing to have you on here. And um, yeah, I'm just grateful to know you and thank you for coming on. I'm grateful to know you too, Victoria. You're pretty awesome. Everyone, I hope, knows this. She is pretty awesome. So. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to improve my awesomeness. But yeah, thanks for saying that. You don't need to. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Victoria now hosts online classes for students worldwide. To learn more about how to work in the performance capture industry as an actor, visit www.victoriaatkin.com forward slash classes to find out more. The Performance Capture podcast was recorded and edited at Soundbox Studios in Los Angeles. Soundbox LA is the founding studio in the Soundbox Studio Group, a collective of talent-owned and operated boutique voiceover studios with multiple locations in the Los Angeles area and Southern Colorado. You can find out more at soundbox.la. This podcast could not be made without the efforts of many people. We'd like to thank our guests, my fellow producer Bethany Monroe, our social media manager Bailey Reeves, and the amazing team at Soundbox Studio Group, Tim Friedlander and Ryan Riveros. The multi-talented Ryan is also the composer of our theme music. <laughs>